Welcome to the From the STEM Up podcast. My name is Adriana, and here we spark youth connections in STEM fields. Hey y'all, welcome back to episode 12 of the From the STEM Up podcast. Before I begin, I just wanted to mention the new website, the new LinkedIn, and also the new Discord community where we talk about a lot of opportunities in STEM and advice on how to thrive as a youth uh, individual in STEM. So make sure to check those out. Yeah, so right here we have a really awesome guest. Hey Arun, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good, actually. So do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. So hi, I'm Maroon, and I'm currently a 17-year-old, and I'm a rising senior at the King's Academy in Sunnyville. And some of my hobbies are debate, playing soccer, and playing tennis. And I also love to draw. Some of my favorite school subjects are math and biology. And a fun fact about myself is that I'm really, really passionate about debate. Same. I actually really like debate. I feel like it's um, a really great club to be part of because it improves your speaking skills and it also introduces you to a lot of new different perspectives on world issues. So I agree on that. So now we're going to jump into the kind of STEM side of things. What does STEM mean to you? Well, STEM is a really cool term to use when we're talking about life in general, because all aspects of STEM actually impact all our daily lives. And I think it's really unique because um, when you look at science, when you look at technology, engineering, medicine as a whole, each one has the ability to impact someone's life and save it. And to me specifically, since I'm trying to look towards a medical, um, I'm trying to go into into the medical field, it's really important to understand what STEM is and how it can impact someone's life. And specifically within medicine, you can save someone's life. So that's what I think STEM means to me. Mm -hmm. And especially medicine taps into a bunch of different areas um, in chemistry and biology um, and even even physics if you're kind of going into the biotechnology route. Um, So it definitely helps with a lot of professions, even non-STEM related professions, because you could be an author and maybe need to access technology to publish your book. It is interdisciplinary, as you said. So I know you are very passionate about the humanitarian aspect of things. And um, I realized you were a social entrepreneur. You founded a nonprofit named United to Care. And for our listeners, that is spelled United and then the number two and then care. Could you give a short rundown of your inspiration behind it? Yeah. So I actually launched the nonprofit back in 2017, but I actually got the idea way earlier. So back in seventh grade, we got a world science project. So we had to look at all the ongoing issues in the world. We had to give a presentation on it. Now, there are a lot of big issues that are going on in the world right now. There's like slavery in some parts of the world. There's uh, global warming. And there's these big issues that a lot of people like to talk about. And when we were signing up for topics, I didn't want to go with something that like everyone was going to talk about. So I was looking at small different details for smaller issues in the world. And that's when I was talking to my parents about our hometown in India or where my parents grew up. And with, specifically within that community, there's a really a lack of hand sanitation awareness. And when I actually looked into the stats, it's a glaring issue around the world. Like there's almost about 1 million lives that could be prevented if everyone washed their hands just daily. And I believe it's a real issue because a lot of these communities 
they don't get enough funding from their governments, meaning they don't get the proper education on the importance of hand sanitization. So that's where, that's what really inspired me to start United to Care. And that's where I really propelled it forward, where we try to do projects explaining to children and communities in general, the importance of hand washing and keeping safe, which I think has the ability and will save lives. It's amazing like, that you're dealing with that topic, especially since this pandemic is going on right now and we need to keep our sanitation practices at optimum levels. Um, what impact has United to Care had so far? So, so far we've done three projects. We've done one project in India, which was our first, where we distributed soap bars to Indian schools and we gave teachers in those schools different kinds of teaching utensils, like such as lesson plans, presentation slides, posters, explain to them like what to do with their children, trying to, I guess, foster them to learn the importance of hand washing. So in that project, we really didn't go to India. We just distributed the uh, materials for them to actually do the project there. But with our next project in Kenya, I actually had the incredible opportunity to go to Kenya on a medical relief camp and launch a United to Care project there. So pretty much there, I was able to give about three presentations on the importance of hand sanitization, and I distributed over a thousand soap bars. And it was really a unique experience because um, when I was talking to all the children there, I was able to walk them through how to wash their hands one by one because we had a hand washing station. And it was really cool to see how excited the children were when we gave them like a hand washing sticker. And it just showed, we could tell that this uh, experience would really have an impact on them and they would learn from it. Our final project that we've done is the Global Hand Washing Project. And you probably heard about it, but um, sometime in September, there's a date which is known as Global Hand Washing Day. And we wanted to make a project around it. So we went back to India and we pretty much uh, distributed a lot of resources to them to about 2000 soap bars, a bunch of more hand sanitization materials, as well as teaching resources so that teachers and also the government this time could be able to distribute. That is amazing. It's, it's so awesome that you were able to travel to these areas and, and actually tangibly help these people. If you guys want to see what Arun did, you can go check out his Instagram, um, the United to Care Instagram. Um, you can kind of see trips he's went to and some pictures from it. And it's, it's really inspiring what you did. That's awesome. So what are your future career goals? And I know it's a really big question, but where are you heading? Well, I've honestly always been fascinated by neuroscience. So I want to go around that field. Specifically, I want to go into neurosurgery. I know it's like really specific, but that's something I've always wanted to do since I was young. I did have a talk with someone previously um, who is also very passionate about neuroscience. Um, and I really think that more you should get into it. So I definitely agree with that option. And with that, we're just going to hop into the break. <laughs> Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by the Accelerated Learner Academy. It's a course for students and lifelong learners to go from continued failure to top marks and success. It's a four-week life program where you will be learning directly from Matthew Espinoza and his team on how to maximize your brain and be more productive for this next school year. In fact, I'll be joining Matt and the others in version two of this course as an advisor in the program. I took the accelerated reading course and increased my reading speed from around 200 words per minute to 600 words per minute, which is awesome. So version two is going to be released on January 15th. So if you want to get to know me better and join the Academy, be sure to check out the link in the bio for the full Academy details. All right to the next part of the episode. 
Hey guys, I found this really great website called dweebsglobal.org. So that is D-W-E-E-B-S global.org. It's an all-volunteer international movement that offers free mentorship and everything from career advice to mental health. So for example, I needed advice on how to make a resume. I could reach out to the mentors on the platform for free and they would look over my resume before maybe a job interview or a volunteer position. So I definitely recommend checking them out. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that break. For this next segment, I wanted to change it up and talk about the effect of COVID-19 and youth, along with topics on disparities in healthcare. So what sort of effect do you believe this pandemic has had on communities around the world? And what are the most effective solutions to this? Well, I've really seen COVID-19 really change our style of life. It's really like impacted the way we view our own safety because it's not just us that's being affected it's the people around us so i think it's going to make our community more cognizant of these issues and try to prevent them beforehand but at the same time it's going to change daily life for everyone and um i kind of want to give an example to this so during nine before 9 11 a lot of airplanes they were really like their security measures were not that safe before it was really like lenient and a lot of people could go in and come out in 30 minutes to check out but after 9-11 happened and the disaster happened, they're like getting into an airplane has like drastically changed life. It's never going to go back to where, the way it was before. And I think COVID-19, while it, it's not going to have like that kind of like a uh, terrorist kind of like uh, mentality to us as a society, it still has kind of the same grasp of the before and after, meaning we're never going to really go back to our before lives. We're going to be changing towards like looking to the future and we're always going to prioritize the safety of us as a community and that's mainly going to foster through us wearing masks as well as just looking at small daily tips like before i know a lot of people when you reach for a door handle you're not going to think twice about doing it but now you might think about like three or four times before you do it because you don't know who touched that and who might be spreading the disease so when you think about that aspect mentally i feel like the pandemic has had a great shift in our uh, society's like mindsets towards our safety and now when we're talking about effective solutions, I really think that the only thing we can do right now is stopping the spread of the virus, which through like social distancing and using COVID-19 uh, masks, surgical masks, and things that can actually prevent the virus from spreading. But I really don't think we can end the pandemic. Something like a vaccine is found. We can't stop in preventing it. And it really starts with social distancing and wearing a mask. And like we always hear that you you learn from your mistakes. And this is a global mistake that we didn't invest as much resources into healthcare as we should have. We didn't respond as quickly um, and as effectively as we could have. So I think, as you said, the countries around the world and individuals around the world are going to make sure that they are more precautious about these things, especially since pandemics are very deadly and actually one of the greatest threats to our human race. Um, so yes, I recently heard that Moderna's mRNA vaccine is one of the fastest progressing vaccine. And hopefully that will progress um, even further and be successful. There are some symptoms, however, but um, I just believe if everyone has a vaccine, everyone will be able to go back to, it's not going to be a normal life, as you said, but it's going to be a more aware lifestyle. In what ways do you think youth have the power to help during this crisis? Well, I think it's really important to look at what we really possess as a society when facing uh, COVID-19. So there's a lot of ways you can actually impact 
or try to help stop the spread of COVID-19. An example of that is fundraising money to um, try to buy masks. So I've seen a lot of projects on Instagram and different new nonprofits that have arisen during this pandemic where they've tried to fundraise money to not only just buy masks, but to actually show your support to healthcare workers. Some examples are Masking a Difference, Project Maskify. They're pretty much just trying to fundraise money to give masks to communities that probably don't have masks, as well as give them to essential healthcare workers. So I think that's really important and a really cool thing that youth can do. But another thing you can do is spread awareness. Now there's a, this ongoing notion that the mask isn't that important and that's only in some parts of the US, but I think that's really essential that we try to cut that down because once we explain to people the importance of a mask and why social distancing is important, they're more inclined to do it. Because right now, if you don't believe social distancing reduces the risk of getting COVID-19, then you're not gonna do it. You're gonna take it light. But if you truly understand what power you can do and what impact you can have on the society and why social distancing is important, you're more likely to wear a mask. And that's simply what we should do as youth. We should spread awareness, especially to our older generations who might be more inclined or less inclined to wear a mask. So I think exactly. awareness is a really cool thing. Exactly. And I think as youth, we should be able to not succumb to peer pressure and make sure that we educate each other about um, real facts and everyone in our friend group knows and that it's not going to be the same. And, and I know it's really hard, especially now during summer. Um, right now, as we're recording this, it's summertime and a lot of new restrictions are being taken away. And But a lot of people don't realize that there really is no vaccine yet. And um, a lot of people are not wearing masks. And I think it's important as youth, um, as you said, there's a lot of organizations that are even making masks or donating masks and using social media platforms to to promote the the usage of masks and sanitation, especially United to Care as an organization that promotes uh, sanitation and things like that. I think you guys have a really powerful voice in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, what advice would you give to our listeners who want to get involved with a nonprofit like yours, but don't really know where to start? Uh, first off, there are a lot of nonprofits across the world, across the U.S. that you can try to get a part of. Now, some of these nonprofits are really specialized and some of them are really broad. For example, there are some which just talk about um, broad fields. So like there might be an engineering nonprofit, there might be one in science, there might be one in biology. And in those nonprofits, you might be more inclined to go to because you can you can have a various skill set that you can try to give to them. So if you're really interested and passionate about biology, you should look for a nonprofit that centers around it. And you should first off, reach out to them, look at open positions they have, and try to explain to them what you can contribute to the nonprofit. Now, aside from those broad kind of nonprofits, there's also specific ones. And United Care would be like that because we have a specific mission that we're trying to accomplish. Uh, now, with these kind of nonprofits, you want to understand what you can contribute to them. So more so than just like being good at biology or being really passionate about a subject, you have to be passionate about a cause or a specific idea. And I think that is something that you should try to do when trying to ask a nonprofit to join. Now, within actually joining a nonprofit, I know there are many various things you can do, such as a lot of positions, such as the ambassador position, in which you try to represent a nonprofit and you do work with it. And I think the ambassador position is really unique because it gives the opportunity to anyone to join. And I know a lot of nonprofits have that. Specifically within United to Care, 
We have an ambassador program, which we offer high school students and college students, where you can join and you try to represent UniceCare and spread awareness in your school and community. So since our projects uh, revolve around spreading hand sanitization awareness, necessarily you don't have to go on those projects. You don't have to go to children in Africa and explain to it, right? Because you can't. Not everyone has the resources to do that. But instead, what you can do within our um, nonprofit, if you join our team, is that you spread awareness within your community, your school, explaining to people what United Care is doing and how to support them and why hand sanitization is important. And that's what I like to tell every single person out there listening to this podcast, why it's important to involve yourself with a nonprofit. Because it's not just you impacting a small community, but it's impacting a whole sector of society. I think that's really important to do. So when you're applying to a nonprofit, I think there's a couple of steps you should do. You should first reach out to see if they have any positions available. Next, you should try to explain to the nonprofit what makes you qualified for those positions, or if there aren't positions, what makes you qualified to join the nonprofit. And if they like you, they'll accept you. If they don't, just take it as motivation and look for other nonprofits that fit your mindset that you can be a part of. And um, are brand ambassadors always open for um, our listeners to join United Care if they're interested? Yes, United Care has their ambassador program always open and we're always gonna keep it open because we realize that hand sanitization is an issue that's not gonna go away until we make change with it. Nice, and where do you see United to Care in the future? In the future, I hope we can expand what we're doing as a nonprofit to go more global. So specifically this year, our school has a lot of service trips and we are planning to do projects with these service trips. So we're, we're planning on going to Costa Rica, Ecuador, uh, Dominican Republic, Spain. We were planning to do projects all over and including Mexico. We were planning to do all these projects globally, but they got canceled due to COVID-19. So that was really our goal for this year. And instead we had to shift over to a different sector explaining the COVID-19 pandemic. So that would be our goal as a nonprofit eventually to become a global entity where we could actually have definitive projects within countries around the world. Because right now we've only done projects in two countries, in Kenya and India. And I really want to emphasize that you can't fix an issue with only going to specific areas. And that's what we want to do. Once we get bigger, we want to partner with other organizations and launch projects completely globally in different uh, countries around the world. That's amazing. And it's so awesome that you're looking to travel globally and it's, and it's really awesome. Do you have anything more to add in terms of your nonprofit or any projects or any ideas that you want to share? Yeah. So when talking about nonprofits and entrepreneurship, I want to explain the um, why it's really important to be really good at adapting. So for example, I was explaining the projects that we had to cancel this year due to COVID-19. When something like that happens, I think it's really important for us as individuals, not just to just let it go and just do nothing instead. I think it's important for a nonprofit to adapt and people in the STEM field to adapt to your circumstances and do different things. Specifically within United to Care, we've done a lot of projects this summer trying to spread hand sanitization awareness. One example is we had a partnership with the Literacy Initiative where we had United to Care counselors go through virtual e-camps explaining to children the importance of hand washing. Now, these kinds of partnerships are pretty hard to find, 
but once they if they really help your mission i really would encourage everyone to try to pursue them so pretty much what we did was we had counselors go to these e-camps and they gave presentations they played games with children trying to explain them our purpose at united to care and why it's important to wash your hands in addition there's also direct impacts you can have in the community that you have to adapt your circumstances for. So for example, with United Care, we launched a Stop COVID-19 at Home project this summer, where we worked with another nonprofit known as Miora to uh, distribute COVID-19 prevention kits across the Bay Area. Now these prevention kits include 10 surgical masks, uh, two face shields, one detailed infographic, both English and Spanish, on the importance of COVID-19 and how to stop the spread of it at home, as well as contact tracing resources and a portable divider for the affected person at home. So this project mainly serves around stopping the spread of COVID-19 at home rather than just giving patients and giving family members and communities just masks. Because I know a lot of products just give masks to communities, but we feel at United Care that that's not enough to really stop COVID-19. They really need direct support and they need directions on how to stop the spread. So that's pretty much some of the projects we've done this summer. And I think it's really important to note that we never plan to do these projects, that we had to adapt to our circumstances to actually do these projects because we weren't planning this at all. When we were fundraising back in January, we never foresaw the COVID-19 pandemic to become this big and for us to be quarantined for this long. So I think it's really important. And I think that's applicable to the STEM field in general. Because if you look at a lot of the research opportunities that have come about this summer, some of them weren't there before. And some of them that were there, they aren't there anymore because of COVID-19. And I think it's important when you're trying to look at these opportunities to understand that while some things happen, while circumstances change, our motivation and our goal should not change. We should still work hard to accomplish things, even though if they're not there. Exactly. And I really, really align with what you said, because even though, yeah, we're stuck at home, but we have the power of technology, um, especially those of us who are privileged to have devices at home that are able to connect with others. Um, I would definitely encourage you to make use of your time and reach out. And if you're really interested in something, there are still ways to do things online and to and to raise awareness about issues you really care about. For example, this podcast, I use Zoom to contact people around the world. And I really think that it's actually been awesome because I'm able to um, interview people from all around the world and not only people um, that I may invite or that are in my region. And I think that this pandemic has even sparked us to kind of open our minds about things and, as Arun said, really adapt to our situation and make it the best it can be because this is a very unique time of our lives. And I think it's a time that doesn't really happen too often in in human history. And so, so I really appreciate that you mentioned that. Like, I know you go on many trips and you, you dedicate a lot of time to United to Care. How do you really manage your time for that? Well, um, it's really kind of like, a, uh, it's kind of like hard to kind of answer that question. And I know a lot of people, they have like really strict schedules that they try to follow. But what I try to do is I just try to look at the work I have to do. And I just try to do it on time. I don't really hold myself to a strict schedule, specifically let's talk about this summer with all the projects we're doing. I just try to finish the work in a reasonable, reasonable amount of time. And I try to give my time, uh, I try to give myself some free space while doing that. So uh, for example, when we're talking about like some partnerships with other nonprofits, I try to reach out to them 
and I have a team which I can actually delegate some of the duties to because that's what their position entails. I think that's really important because no one can do everything themselves. You have to have a team and people around you who are willing to support you to do things. And I also want to emphasize that it's never really good to stress yourself and try to do everything yourself because no one, in all reality, no one can do anything by themselves. The greatest inventors of all time, the greatest entrepreneurs of all time, they've also had, they've always had great teams behind them. They've had people who might not get the credit, but they do have people behind them. And it's important to realize that you can't accomplish big things without people supporting you. So yeah. Exactly. And with that, I think we have wrapped up this episode. Thank you so much, Arun. As usual, I will have all his socials linked below. Make sure to give his personal profile a follow on his Instagram, um, as well as United to Care's Instagram. As well, make sure to check out his website, which is www.unitedtocare.org. All right. See you guys next week. And remember to always ask questions and to stay curious. See you next time.